No foul. The shot is off. Stokes is shot. Buzzer. What's up, guys? And welcome back to Ball Talk. Ball Talk. Ball Talk. Second down and seven. Mahomes. Watkins. What a throw. To the king of the talk, we are Devin, Harry, Jenna, and a special guest with Ball Talk. Ball Talk. Ball Talk. Ball Talk. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So today we have a special guest, Mr. Bruce Howard. How about you go ahead and introduce yourself, Bruce? Well, I'm the director of sports broadcasting at the University of Tulsa, and what that largely means is I'm the radio broadcaster for TU, meaning I do the play-by-play for football and basketball and sometimes some other sports as well. And I work in the uh, in the walls of the athletic department uh, and uh, work in the, uh, the area of sports information. So lots of other stuff, uh, including stuff like this podcast we do our own podcast called uh, eye of the hurricane podcast which uh, is something new that we've uh, we've established this year but we do lots of web content uh, tv shows all of that sort of thing so it's a it's a full-time job no question and it's busy time obviously this time of year and you've been broadcast with radio for a while haven't you Yep, since 1978, believe it or not. Um, so here at uh, TU, I started in 1993. So it is year 27, I think, or 26. Oh I forget which. I, who's <laughs> who's counting? You know, who's counting? After 20, it's like I made I made the I made the quarters. I made 25, and it's yeah, like, exactly. oh, we're going. So basically, he's here to show us how it's done and add some great content to our podcast. But first, today we're going to start on the sad death. The day I cried, actually, I literally cried was the Kobe Bryant passed away. Uh, about what was it? A little over a week ago now. Yeah, about yeah. Almost two. We're a little late to the story, just because our um, podcast set off uh, had a break week. But we are getting to that now. Uh, go ahead and give us your thoughts, guys, on when you heard the news that he di- he passed away. Uh, well, um, I'm not much of a basketball fan, but when I, I grew up watching Kobe, uh, not just because he was a Laker, just because I enjoyed watching Kobe Bryant play. But just when he passed away, I was truly distraught because. Uh, being from Los Angeles and hearing about a tragedy like that, like I know it like shook the whole city. Uh, friends of mine in LA like messaged me and like, hey, Jir Kobe died, and like apparently there was a there was a lot of just uh, there was a lot of just sadness throughout the city, and you could really feel it when he passed. And it, it it just goes to show that like someone like Kobe really does make an impact, not on just the game, not on just the game of basketball or the league, uh, but just to everyone in the city. And around the world, I completely agree. What about uh, Eugenia and you, uh, you Bruce? Do you, what did you guys think when you heard of his passing? You can go first. Well, it was Sunday, and uh, we had just finished a game at UConn. Uh, if I were not at UConn, where were we Sunday? Uh, is that right? We had just finished a game. At any rate, Tulsa had won the game. Heck, all I have to do is look at my notes here, and I can figure it out. Was it Memphis? Uh, no, it no, actually, it I actually, it, I think it, it actually was UConn. UConn. It was, yeah. UConn. It was okay. UConn. So we finish up with UConn. And it was an exciting win. It was an overtime victory for Tulsa. And, uh, you know, when you're on the road and you win a game, there's a certain amount of giddiness that you've gone someplace and won a game on the road. Now you're headed back home and you're getting ready to uh, uh, to get back home and get ready for, you know, a big game against Wichita State a week later. So mm-hmm. so here we are on a Sunday, and obviously all of that enthusiasm was dimmed by the news of, of, of Kobe's passing and the eight others. Uh, with the helicopter crash, and it, it it's just something that, that obviously when you're traveling with a basketball team has a profound effect on those young men because all of them have been influenced by number 24. Uh, and uh, so there's no question it, it, it uh, put a cast a pall upon the trip home, which normally would be quite a celebratory thing. you know. So it was, it was tough. 
So I'm kind of in a similar boat of Harry. I didn't really have the mm-hmm. same reaction. Um, I w- I'm like, I say I'm a kid in the 90s, but I wasn't like a basketball person. Um, the only big memory that I have of Kobe, like, and this is because I grew up like watching CNN as a kid. Yes, I was that child. Um, was like the court case that happened in like 03 or something like that. So that was like my point of reference for Kobe, which I mean, it's like not a positive point of reference um, for Kobe Bryant. But I think the like the loss of anybody is just a travesty regardless. And that's just one point of his life. It's not his whole life. He has since tried to become a better person since these events. He proved that, in my opinion. I can't speak for the woman in that situation, but like he became a family man. He gave back. He started foundations, organizations, put his heart and soul into the game and into his family. And watching everybody else's reactions is kind of what um, hurt me more. There was that and the fact that like, my mom passed away uh, a year ago. So, like, to like kind of like feel that pain of like you just lost a parent so I like I know what uh, Bianca and Natalia are like going mm-hmm. through like I have I've been in the same boat like it's it's it hit different for yeah you. I get that, that kind of empathy it just it really hurts so yeah that's where I was with that uh, and there and there is a connection with the University of Tulsa staff Shea Seals who is the greatest player in the history of TU basketball mm-hmm. Uh, played with Kobe. Are you serious? Uh, he he was uh, Shea latched on as a free agent after his career was over, and he played a year for the Lakers. And Kobe was just starting out, first second hmm. year. I can't remember exactly where Kobe was in his career at that time, but Shea actually was well thought of by the Lakers, and unfortunately blew out his knee and never oh. was the same. And 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 so ended up playing three games. Uh, in the NBA and was there for the full year rehabbing and that sort of thing, but never got back to the to the same level. Um, but obviously, as in during his rehab and during that time, he had to witness he had a chance to witness Kobe Bryant and how hard that young man worked. I mean, here's a guy that didn't go to college; he went directly into the directly. NBA. Yeah, one of the last uh, people did that. And uh, you know, the so he didn't he didn't go into the NBA feeling that he was going to get handed everything. I mean, he he went and he worked his tail off. And of course, his dad was Jelly Bean, uh, Jelly Bean Bryant, who is a great, uh, uh, I shouldn't say great, but a, a very good, serviceable, seven, eight, nine-year NBA veteran. Played for the Sixers and I think the Warriors and some others. At any rate, so he grew up in that culture, and he had an understanding clearly of how hard you had to work when you get that level, get to that level. And here's this young, skinny kid with great talent, mm-hmm. but he knew he had to work hard, and he did, and he became an absolutely tremendous player. Obviously, you know, if you're starting to make up lists and that sort of thing, he has to go down as top ten, certainly absolutely. in NBA history, maybe top five. So, um, so, so Shea had a chance firsthand to see that and witness that, be a teammate with Kobe for a very brief period of time, and I'm and I'm sure it affected Shea probably as much or more than anybody else on the team. I, I, I totally get that. I had no idea we had someone so closely connected with him from the mm-hmm. University of Tulsa, and that's really interesting. Uh, for me personally, I grew up like a wrestler. I was not around basketball until I started watching Kobe and the Lakers. This was before, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder were a thing up until 2008. So it was like, who do you cheer for? You choose a team. I liked Kobe. I chose the Lakers, who I was going for. And it was just Kobe was a thing that got me interested in basketball and watching him. I was always at the bat and, you know, the classic argument, who was better? Kobe or Michael, Kobe or uh, LeBron. And I was always like, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Kobe dunked mm-hmm. on Michael Jordan. I know some of y'all probably disagree with that. Me. But I know, exactly. <laughs> it, it's a common thing. I was just hard for for Kobe. And then when he died, I was like, it's fake. I was like, there's no way. And then my phone was letting off ESPN mm-hmm. notifications. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He died, and so did his daughter. And that was heartbreaking that his daughter was with him as long as uh, six others with him. And then I watched, I think what actually made me cry just a little bit was when I watched his short film. He won, what was it, an Oscar for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one, that was like... won the Oscar for last, two years ago, 2016, I think, three years Something ago. like that. And I, that one really just got to me. But yeah, Kobe was just... Are you talking about the animated? The, mm-hmm. the yeah, animated that, short. That's yeah. tremendous, yeah. Yeah, yeah when I, when really I watched good. that, I was... Because it was all over Twitter after yeah. that. I think I cried watching it just the first time I watched it, like mm-hmm. back in maybe 2018, 2016, whichever year that came out. And then uh, when it popped up on my Twitter feed, I was like, oh, my God, 
he just had an incredible impact on the game and that video is just like you know everybody could relate to what he was saying even if it wasn't you weren't connected to basketball if it was for me personally it was probably a camera uh, for someone else, it might be a soccer ball or something else. But it was just, you know, that right there, I was like, he's gone. This is the end. And honestly, seeing the way, like, uh, LeBron was after this was the big highlight of the story. How was LeBron acting? And I thought that was really interesting to me. And it almost, it, it's made me a bigger fan of LeBron James. I've never been huge on LeBron, but watching how he's acted and how he's um, talked to his wife and everything he's done since then. it's made like everybody have a little bit more personal connection with LeBron James so I thought I thought that was really interesting in the way that was um I don't want to say uh, enabled through the media I guess I guess that'd be a way to put it so I just thought it was interesting and you know the you have LeBron his daughter the, and the several others mm-hmm. uh, two of which are the Altabellis if you've heard of that name El Tabelli is or was a scout for the Boston Red Sox, so there's even a connection to baseball. Uh, he and his daughter he was par- perished as well. So um, you know there was there was there was pain everywhere in a lot of different places, including the Red Sox organization. Who he, I, I assume he was a West Coast scout uh, because he was in that uh, in that area. And there's there's never anything as you look at that tragedy that you can view as a positive, but if there is one slight thing that you could say that came out of it that would be positive, it would be the the hashtag dad girl movement, mm-hmm. which uh, kind of emanated from, from all of that because he had said he's a dad girl. So to see some folks come out and talk about their relationship with their daughters and what was important to them in terms of their daughters is about the only positive thing I can think of that yeah. came from that. Absolutely. It was just, uh, that's what one page just it affected everybody. But, okay. So, does anybody got any last quotes on Kobe or how Kobe, uh, the death? I do want to say just one more thing. Um, just back to the Lakers organization in itself. Uh, a lot of the Lakers players had very touching things to say about Kobe mm-hmm. and how he impacted their basketball career or their career as a Laker, but the one that stuck out with me the most was Anthony Davis. He told the story about, um, I'm not sure if you all saw this, but he, in a press conference, told the story about in 2008 at the Beijing Olympics. Was that 2008? Yeah. Um, He got a chance, Anthony Davis and Kobe Bryant were on Team USA, and like Team USA was beating up on some team because it was the 2008 Olympics. Uh, Anthony Davis got a chance to play, but he wasn't wearing his jersey under his uh, his, suit. Whatever. Yeah, warm up. So under his warm ups, sorry, I don't, I don't speak basketball fluently. <laughs> um, and Kobe Bryant leans over to Anthony Davis and is like, "What are you doing? Why aren't you playing?" And he's like, "I don't have my jersey on." And then essentially Kobe Bryant like cursed him out, but like kind of told him to like get it together. Like this is your chance to play. This is your chance to get better. So it really stuck with Anthony Davis, and like every game, kind of just as a reminder, he checks his see if he's wearing a jersey. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Man. All right, so moving on. We got to get back hyped again. Okay, so well, we're going to try. We're going to talk about basketball to. right now. Uh, although basketball was going insanely good for two di- uh, for two games. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> two days. Sorry. Okay. Just you two didn't, days. Just you know what? Two you know what? You know what? Skip that. Just, Hush. Just, be I'm quiet. Sorry. <laughs> it's let okay. Me, I'm trying to make yeah, it happen. Let me take it, take it over. Let me take it out. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm trying to the last game we covered was the Tulane game. Because we're, we're starting with men's, not women's today. Oh, we're starting with men's? Yeah, yeah I think the last so, game was Tulane that we covered. Yeah, last game we covered was Tulane on the 18th. So then we move into the next two wins, which was last Wednesday. No, two Wednesdays ago. On the 22nd, which was the 80-40, which was the one we did 40 for 40. Actually, so we covered we covered the Memphis game. Because we did the 40 oh, for 40 episode. 40 for 40. So, yes, 40 for 40 episode. That was when we beat the Memphis Tigers 80-40. Mm-hmm. to 40. 40 points, Heckin 40 yeah. seconds for Conor McGregor, 40 Good. for 40, go look to the episode. Get wrecked. Um, and then <laughs> we missed the Wichita State. Okay, my thing is pushed we up. Missed, we, we missed, missed the, U, the first UConn, and then we missed Wichita State. Yeah. That's what we missed. Um, like we said, we they won at 79-75 overtime Heck against yeah. UConn um, in Connecticut. And then I'm assuming Bruce has his game notes, so he's he's looking at them. Yes. Patiently waiting for me to get to the point. You're getting there. So, you got it right so far. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So I usually, right, I feel like this is the one time that I'm actually self conscious about when I'm talking about basketball 
because I don't know what I'm talking about. So here we go. But yeah, so <laughs> in the first half, we had a 41.67 field goal percentage, a 20% three-point percentage, and a 63.64 free throw percentage. Again, we have not been on it when it's been with three-pointers this season. I don't know. Except for in Wichita. Exactly, yeah, except for in Wichita. Except for that one. The which one. we <laughs> put, well, no, it was, it was more than just yesterday. one. No, I mean the. I mean, I know you're talking about the one, yeah. but we had more than just the one. I know. Uh, I mean, that's the one everyone remembers, though. Well, we have done a fantastic, one thing I've noticed, though, in the basketball season, we've done a much, like, we've okay, we've dunked so much more. Yeah. I saw it exponentially in the Wichita game yes. and even in the UConn overtime. We, we just dunk a lot. Like, yes, we're always at the I rim. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Uh, it's because now it's becoming yeah. to the point where, like, the boy, it's seeming like the boys are trying to show off more than actually playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the game I went to last night, the UConn game, it just felt like the boys were taking too long to get the ball to the hoop. It just, like, it felt like they were, there was a lot of passing. It was a lot of, like, very intense, like, man-on-man, like, trying to get the ball around the court. But it didn't feel like the ball was ever making it to the net the way they wanted it to make it to the net. Okay. Well, well, last night I noticed that uh, there was a lot of, uh, towards the end specifically, there wasn't a lot of passing. Like, it was really just, uh, I think it was Elijah Joyner towards the end Mm -hmm. of the game, kind of just trying to take it to the hoop himself, which I can understand your frustration, because, like, you're, like, you're just in the game, and then, like, you know, you get, you go on, like, a 5-0 run, and then they they shoot a 3, so you're, like, kind of back where you started. So, I understand the frustration and just trying to, like, score some points, but... At the end of the day, it's it's like a team sport. You gotta incorporate your teammates. They're there to help. That's that's my Which, opinion. I want to kick it back to the Wichita game. Did any of you guys make that the Wichita yes. State game? We both did. Yes. You didn't. I, I, did. I was there. You yeah. were there. All of us did. I I, I commute, guys, and I was having tire everyone, issues, man. Everyone was there except you. Everyone I, was there. I was except for you. watching on ESPN. It was my brother's birthday party. My whole family was in the house, and we're all TU fans. So and you was, weren't listening to it on the radio. I was, well, I mean, on I was, Earth. Oh my God! <laughs> Y'all Look calling me out so Look much today. I, <laughs> Look, the I came to the game. Why did I? Why was I late? I think I, because game start. I know why I was late. The game started at five. That's why I was late. I think I went to get food and then was like, I'm not going to this game. And then I was like, you know what? It's the Wichita game. Let me go to the game. So then I like got up, went to the game. I got there around like a minute or two minutes in the first half, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be. Not a cakewalk, but it's going to be a very entertaining game. And then I proceeded to almost pass out, at, like within like the last like ten minutes of the second half. Um, what my heart rate? Because my heart excitement. rate just like peaked. Um, when Elijah hit the, the like the game winning three, my heart rate peaked at one sixty eight. I was in the crowd and I like looked. I was like hot, jumping up and down, and then like I stopped and I looked at my friends and they're like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm going to faint." And they were like, "You're joking." And I was like, "No, no, I think I'm going to faint." And then everybody started running, so I just started running as well. Um, <laughs> so all blur. You couldn't you couldn't faint if you just started running. So that was how that was going. Uh, I'm gonna let Bruce take over some things. Yeah, what's your notes on the the Wichita State game? Because what do you he have has on it? More notes than I well, have. I mean, it was a terrific game. It was two really, really good defensive teams yes. uh, that that do not that do not let a whole lot of stuff happen, even at the rim or whatever. But uh, it was a terrific game. You knew it was going to be low scoring. You knew points would be at a premium. So when, for instance, Wichita took a, a fairly substantial for this sort of a game, like 38-32 lead midway through the second half, you're starting to really worry and get concerned. But but Tulsa hung tough and and, and made shots. Uh, obviously, Elijah Joyner was was outstanding. Even without that final three-pointer, he yeah. was outstanding. He, he had, was nine, he had 19, 19 points at that time and ended up with 22 with the game winner. Um, but, you know, I thought Tulsa just hung tough. It, it, you know, it was, a, it was really some fabulous basketball theater <clears throat> down the stretch in the last three or four minutes because you yeah. had the, 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 the score was, uh, you know, the, the lead was changing hands. You had, you know, Tulsa makes a basket. Wichita State makes a basket in the end one. They miss the free throw. Tulsa comes back down. They get a, you know, I mean, they had the lob dunk to uh, Darian Jackson, mm-hmm. which gave them the lead again. That was, so that was it went back and forth. It was an exciting game, no question. And then uh, when – and and again, the defense comes forward for Tulsa. They get the uh, the the shot clock violation. Um, Wichita comes down, and you had them maybe big. what forty five seconds to go, and yeah. they miss they miss a shot yep. and get their own rebound, which is frustrating because mm-hmm. 
you're looking to get the final shot if yeah. you get the rebound. So now you have 22 seconds to go and 19 on the shot clock. So you have that little three-second differential, and when the shot clock uh, violation occurs, now you know they look at it, they put 3.3. You remember the, the clock stopped at 2.5, actually, on the clock when yeah. that play happened. Yeah. Fortunately, the refs went over and said, no, let's let's look at this closely and make sure we have the right time on the clock, and they put 3.3 up. Thank God. They, you needed <laughs> every single Tenth he of a second. Released the ball at point two is what ESPN showed. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. if they would have kept it two point five, we would have had overtime. Correct, correct. And and you know the, the what was a little nerve wracking for Tulsa was it took a long time to get the inbound pass in. It was mm-hmm. nearly a five second violation. Very Rochelle close. was inbounding the ball. They were looking for one thing. They were actually looking to go long on a on a long football style pass to Igbanu, and it was it was Elijah who set the pick right at midcourt to let Igbanu go deep. Well, Wichita State, you know, read it, knew it was coming. They bollocks that up. And so Elijah, who actually started at Tulsa's free throw line, you know, ran to the t- ran to the midcourt line, set the pick. That didn't work out. And then he ran toward the top of the key and received the pass just barely in time. And then he turned and did what he did. So all of that stuff happening uh, – all had to go in Tulsa's favor, and it did, and and it was great. It was it was a terrific moment, and I can think of only two or three buzzer-beating plays at the Rental Center since yeah. I've been broadcasting, which is the entire time of the Rental Center. So it's uh yeah, it's it was a pretty special moment certainly, and and for Elijah Joyner and all of the pub and the press that Tulsa and he got for his dad being there watching the first game is just it's off the charts. You cannot, it does not matter, um, how you view athletics or whatever in the context of you know just the dollars and cents and the money and you know all of that sort of thing you cannot buy that sort of publicity uh, that you saw for the last week for TU basketball in terms of just him breaking down and crying with the Tulsa logo in the back and the Donald W you know I mean it it Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's it's priceless you know it's just something that uh, you know, there's just something that you again. It it was it was definitely organic. It just happened, and all of a sudden, you're spread all over Sports Center. With when probably two weeks ago, they were not even thinking about where Tulsa was in the picture. Exactly, know, as it, far as college basketball is concerned, it was definitely a big uh, history moment for uh, Tulsa. And I just thought it was so interesting how that game happened because you could uh, judge it depending on when things turned. Was it the lob pass Darian Jackson really gave us lob momentum back? Was it the missed free throw that gave us the chance to go in overtime? Um, but at the end, it w- just seemed like it was pure game time scrambling. Mm-hmm. It was just they they had the set game plan, but when that pick didn't work, it was just scramble, yep. do what you could, and somehow, by the, uh, it just pulled off, and it just it everything played out perfectly. He hung just enough in the air for his defender to fly by him, shoot the ball, the clock not go off in his hands, and you know uh, other teams might have just held the ball and gone to overtime. Like let's take our chance in the overtime. It's three seconds, we'll just hold it. Um, and they didn't. They went for it. And I really like that play until the final buzzer because apparently those three, two seconds can actually matter and oh. change the whole entire perspective of the game. Well, you know how much it takes to get from one top of the key to the other top of the key? About 3.3 seconds. Yeah. 3.3 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Or uh, apparently 3.1 if you're Eli. Right. Which We had a – Brooke did the over-under challenge thing last night where you mm-hmm. have to – See how fast somebody got down the court. Oh man! And she was like, "Is it eight? It has to be above or below eight seconds." And I was like, "Well, it's obviously under eight seconds." Um, and the guy was like, "Yeah, it's under." And it was like five point. Five and a half seconds. Yeah, it was like five point five or like five point two. Mm. Was yeah. how it was how long it took. I think it was. I think it was Darian to get the ball from like Martin's to Darian. No, Martin's to someone else to Darian down the court. And I was like, "Okay, if you can do that in five point two seconds you can most definitely let off a three-pointer and And which it was a deep three-pointer too he wasn't right at the arc he was was about five it was literally a kobe um it it was a a tulsa to use kobe moment (laughs) there you go um the only time i can ever remember something similar happening to that i want to say it was shack in 2016 and maybe against wichita but it was like at halftime it was like he shot it from like half court right like he, like I remember this because I was sitting in the stands and I was like, he's not gonna make this. And then he shot it at half court. Like the buzzer goes off and we're all just sitting there like, all right, getting ready to go to the concession stands or whatever. And it goes through and everybody just kind of stops and was like, what just happened? 
And I think we ended up winning that game, too. I think so. I think we yeah. won in overtime, though. Yeah, which which you need every every point, including those three at the end. Uh, going full full circle on on Kobe. Did you see the t shirts that Tulsa was wearing? Yeah, I think yes, it was Mamba. I did. Was it Mamba mentality? I forget what Mamba was Mamba mentality. Yes. Mamba mentality, and they had the names of all of the victims on the back yeah. on that t shirt. So it was a salute. Very confused because I did not come in at the beginning of the game. So I was like, "Why is Tulsa wearing Wichita colors?" I'm very. Right. Confused. That's exactly what my mom said. She's like, "Wait, which side is Wichita on?" She's like, "It's the same." Like, so Oh, so I saw the mom. And then I like, yeah. And then I looked at. The, I was like, oh, that's what they said. Because I was really confused when they came back after the second half. But mm-hmm. it was a good time. Um, but like I said, they did much better on with threes that game. They broke even with every single three pointer they put up. So if they they put up four in the first half, made they sorry they put up eight in the first half, made four, put up six in the second half, made three. Right. Um, which looking at other games is probably the best they've done in recent history because I think we made one out of the 13 yeah, or something yeah, we, we put up not, yesterday. Yesterday I checked in like like the middle of the second half and we were like one for nine. It was just yes. not, like nothing we was We put up 12 us. yesterday. Out of the 12, we only made one of them. Um, to which on the opposite side, almost every single three they put up they made. Yeah, they or, at least, or at least it felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> they put up, um, they broke even in the first half and then they missed it by one in the second half. So they would have broken even, but they ended up with 10 for 22 at the end of their just game. Just real quick, back to the Wichita State game. Just mm-hmm. um, if you look at the team stats, they're all pretty even. Like Wichita State's like 34.5% on field goals, Tulsa's 37.2. Mm-hmm. Turnovers, uh, Tulsa had two more than Wichita State. Rebounds, Wichita State had one more. But three-pointers is really, uh, ironically, where the game was kind of different because Tulsa was shooting 50% for the three-pointers and Wichita State was at 19.4. Mm-hmm. So that's really what, that's what won us the game, like, over the entire game. But also, in the end, that's literally what won us the game. So I thought that was uh, interesting to look at. One of the uh, stats that came out after last night's loss, after Tulsa went, uh, was it one for 10 or one to, for 12? One for 12. Yeah. One for 12 threes. from three, um, which is astonishing, is in Tulsa's two losses in the league, and one of them was at Cincinnati, where Tulsa went 0 for 17 Ooh. from three. Mm-hmm. So three-point shooting in the two losses, the opposition has outscored Tulsa yeah. 60 to three. Oh, and the two losses, think, just on three pointers only. So I mean, that's it. It makes a difference, you do, know. If, do you think we were maybe um, in this game because of all the hype around after that buzzer beater, and uh, you know, we got a lot of PR from, like you said. Do you think we were trying to force things too much? Is what maybe caused the loss? I don't think so. Don't you don't know. think so? I watched the game. I, I was there. I wasn't a big fan of this game. I don't know what it was. Just an off game. It's just game, the maybe? energy in the room just didn't. It yeah. like it felt. Like, the boys were scrambling a lot more this game than they were in the Wichita game. I feel like okay. because UConn's last in their conference is which is UConn's last game, they might not have been on like their game the way they were with against Wichita. It just, it just the game felt sloppy to me. I, 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 and, that, and it that, was. It happens more like that in basketball just because there's so many games in the season. Every now and then you, get, you just get games that are just sloppy. So I, I, I think I agree with what you guys said more than what I said previously, that it was just trying to be forced, that it seems like it makes more sense that it was just, you know, just a sloppy game. Well, Tulsa had 10 turnovers in the first half, which and didn't help any. And, UConn, and yes. Coach Haith said, this was not us. It just didn't look like us even from the beginning. And I thought where Tulsa probably failed the biggest was in the first half when they, they kind of had command of the game. It was 25-21. It was 27-23. And then all of a sudden, in a stretch of about two or three minutes, all of a sudden, UConn is ahead, 29-27. You're yeah. like, what? on earth just happened well UConn made a couple threes first of all Mm -hmm. but second of all uh just Tulsa's intensity just didn't seem to be there uh UConn ran their offense well got a lot of got a lot of open shots and they made a few obviously and you you know you can you can go to a gym run great offense Tulsa had open three-pointers and missed you know a lot of them sometimes you just run good offense and you miss shots sometimes you miss layups and that that happens and unfortunately for the for the hurricane it was it was UConn making shots and making Tulsa pay the other interesting thing about the game was UConn came in and they had one of their big guys hurt. So the big six foot eight oh. guy not playing for him. So what does the UConn, you know, the head coach do? He starts a four guard offense. 
against Tulsa's zone, and and you wouldn't think that would make Man. any difference whatsoever. But for whatever reason, that combination seemed to give Tulsa trouble. I, I don't know it why. It just tripped us up just enough. Yeah, just enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean they've got, they've got good guards, and their their little guards kind of you know came inside, give Tulsa a little bit of trouble with their quickness more than anything else. Quickness is so important in the game of basketball. Sometimes it's it's more important than size when because they because they out rebound it with those four guards. And they had big guys, two big guys in it, some of their sequences. But, you know, with their four guards, they out-rebound Tulsa by, what, 15, 14, whatever it was, and a lot of offensive rebounds. So, All right. When um, talking about going back to the to this UConn game, I want to talk about the refs. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. No, okay, not, we'll not, not really. Because today, I don't know, today, yesterday, I don't know what was going on, but this is, like, one of the, like – I was upset with the refs during the Wichita game, but that was more so because, like, hey, I want us to beat Wichita. Um, this is a fast-paced game. This is intense. Um, I was mad with the refs at the UConn game because there were just calls that I have never seen before. Um, I, for the very first time in my life, saw a flop call from a ref. Okay, yeah, I, um, there was some weird calls in the second is, half. There, is that what that was? Yes. The, so okay. I've been asking everyone I know that knows basketball about what that call is, and none of them have told me any. Like, yeah. like I have no idea what they called. And the and only reason I knew what it was was because when that, like, when I don't remember who it was. It might have been Elijah. I don't know. When whoever it was got a, um, Elijah, is Isaiah. I think it might have been Isaiah. It's either it's one of them. <laughs> you get a foul, everybody's booing, and I'm like, hold on, I wasn't really paying attention. So um, <laughs> let me make sure I know why you're booing. So I watch the <laughs> replay, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense. And then I look at the ref, and he's, like, calling the foul, and he just, like, puts his arms up and goes, flop. And I was like, I was like, how do you – I said, I said, there was someone that Wichita, that Wichita put in every – like second of the game so he could purposely get in front of someone and flop so we could get a foul and the refs didn't call a flop then and I was like and it was multiple times because I was in the audience screaming because literally we were at like the like the layup we were Elijah was going to make a layup the coach from Wichita subbed out someone brought in the player who like just flops put him in he flopped they were like foul that Elijah. was the charge yeah and we were like we were like that was a charge i was like he fell he didn't even get close to him he just fell <laughs> and i was like this doesn't make any sense and then you have like this game where somebody just falls because they actually got charged and he's like mm, flop and i was like i have never seen that call ever that was the first it's one deep from the books <laughs> that was the first one it's a new so, rule by the way the flop rule when okay. was it uh it was this year really? yeah this year yeah that's why we've never seen like, it like 2019? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Dang. Well, nobody else Someone is honoring it now. but him. I don't know what his name is. I'm not about to go look at the refs just to see who it is. That was I'm the right. first one that made me upset. The second one that made me upset was the tech that Isaiah Hill got. Um, were you at the game, Harry? Yes, I was at, right. the, I was at the game. So you remember when um, Isaiah got charged, fell... Or maybe he, yeah, he like fell. Oh wait, and are you the talking guy, about the guy was like yes, stepping all right. over him and then so, trips and then that's a technical yes, foul. Right. Yeah. Like, so Isaiah whoa. like stumbles over himself, falls trying to like a post up basically, falls and is expecting like a foul call to happen. It doesn't happen. The ball gets put up, but I think they stop the play for something else that happens. The guy comes down is not paying attention, keeps walking forward. And so I don't know what it was about this game, but I felt like everybody was going to get hurt this game. So I was just like, please stop moving. So he like <laughs> he steps, and I'm like, stop moving. Then he like takes another step, and I'm like, stop moving. And then he steps, and like, so Isaiah is on the ground. His legs are like split open. And, his and he's and, and his and his back, he's like trying to come up, and the guy like steps on the seam of his like shorts and like comes down. And I was like, you're about to step like on his balls. What is going on? And he like steps. <laughs> he steps. I guess he feels the fabric because then he oh like because then he like looks down and then like steps again, almost stepping on like a, like Isaiah's stomach. Then like tries to I guess maneuver out of that and then steps around him, steps somewhere else, trips and then falls. And then Isaiah's just sitting there like. I can't get up because the guy is literally on top of me. Then the ref comes, looks at Isaiah, looks at him real hard, looks at the ca- <laughs> like the stance, goes tech, and everybody goes what? Like we, 
It was like a, and then they replayed it, and we were just like, that doesn't make sense. And then the ref was like, fine, since you want me to be fair, it's a tech on both of them. And we were like, we don't want a tech at all. (laughs) That is not how this works. Oh, I have never been so upset with refs. Thank you for that description. You're welcome. (laughs) I was so mad because, like, like, the people around me, I don't sit in the student section, or at least at the bottom of the student section, because 96% of the time it's frat boys who, A, don't know how to um, trash talk without being either super disrespectful, um, racist, or just stupid. So, like, just, just okay. that's just the basis. So, like, they were yelling at Coach Dan to take his feet off the court, and I was like, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to fight all of you. I have the referees here. Cool. I, I know who they are. I don't care. I don't want to know which one it is. Um, private. So, yeah, leave it alone. But yeah, here, here are their names and addresses. Stop <laughs> it. Stop. Stop. Um, but yes. away. <laughs> so like, but like, I was already sitting there, and I was like, I was annoyed. But this was like the only time that they were like, because they were annoyed with me for like not being hype and trying to tone them down. I wasn't talking to them. I just kept looking at them like they were stupid because they weren't saying anything that mattered. We've gotten the look a few times. And then, <laughs> like, it was just, they weren't saying Every anything. Every single logical. episode, we get that look. You get it at least once. But so I was like, it's fine. And then, like, I jumped up and was like, how is that a tech? I think the only thing that, like, surprises, like, the frat boys more than me walking into a frat because I don't ever do that, um, is when I, like, get vehemently passionate about a game because the frat boys I sat next to during the Wichita game were also very surprised that I was, like, screaming the way I was. But it also, like, (laughs) at one point I stopped and I was like, this is my job. Mm-hmm. I come in every week and I talk about this. So I would like to not come in this week and be like, we lost the game. So this is why I'm upset and passionate about this. But yesterday, I was just like, these calls are ridiculous. And I didn't like any of them, and I hated them all. All right. And that's my thoughts. So I, I'm really glad that she explained all of that because, honestly, I was looking down marking something on my score sheet when I looked up and heard the whistle and said, what the heck just happened? Because with with – Isaiah and he ended up getting two fouls on it. One is a tech and one is the regular foul that yeah. they called. And then the and then the other was a was a tech against the other guy. So mm-hmm. that was fortunate because if you know if it's just on Isaiah, that's two fouls against him. Then they get free throws and I think Tulsa still gets the ball. But at any rate, it was it was a bizarre play. And you're I'm I'm, I'm grateful for your description because I didn't see it. Paint a good picture for us. You're welcome. <laughs> I was well. That's because I was also like sitting like second row of the student section so I could see what was like I was there and I was like he's going to get stuck I was like oh he needs to get up because they're barreling down this court pretty fast because I think a player broke away and that's why it was Isaiah by himself when he fell so I was like hmm and the guy came down and I was like he's real close and then he stepped and I was like you're getting closer stepped again and said you're going to crush him and then he stepped and then somebody in the court was like oh my god and I was like yeah he almost lost his gonads um i was like i'll talk this is i was just i was stressed so it was fine but, okay so what's uh, uh because we're on long time let's segue into uh what, the other one you're passionate about let's quickly do the women's oh basketball the last two games I'm, and then we'll do softball i'm so exhausted um i love the girls i do not miss working for this team but geez louise we are on a four game losing streak it's rough um, right now. The girls yeah. are building season. The girls are tired. Um, they're ready for the season to be over. Oh. They're already making plans for spring break. Really? Um, <laughs> because they're not. They know they're not going to a conference um, for anything. So they're Man, just. That makes me feel bad. Um, actually, yeah, because their 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 conference that they're going to that they always go to is the American Athletic Conference Championship. That is in. March, but it's the mm-hmm. first week of March. March so, 6th. Yeah, so now they don't have to miss spring break. <laughs> so they're all making plans to do fun so spring break. So the, the gameplay morality is low is what you're uh, saying. Yes, probably. no, they're, they're oh, over sad. it. Um, <laughs> I sat with them in the calf the other day, and they're some of them, and they're just like, yeah, we're done. Like, like, really? And it's a thing of like, they're like laughing about it, but you know, like they're, like they're upset. They're, like they're upset also, but they're like, yeah, no, the season's over. Like they're they're probably laughing so they don't like scream in a fit of rage. Um no. <laughs> they're <laughs> laughing because they are 6 and 17 and they're just over it. Well, uh <laughs> so how many seniors do the girls have? Um I want to say 3. 3. Okay, so I, I, I want to say 3. Are they and a young team this year? And that's Kendrian um I know Ken, yeah, no, I think it's just it's just Ken and Addie. I think it might be just two. I know, but like they have a lot of juniors too. Um, yeah, because I think Rebecca and Morgan Brady are juniors. I'm gonna get the roster. Um, I'm looking at it. So oh, you got it. They're, lo- they're losing Ken, 
Um, Destiny Johnson's a freshman DJ. They're losing Addie. They're losing Alexis Golden, but she's out because she sprained or broke her ankle oh, in the last um, game. Not the one on Wednesday. No, not the one on. Yeah, not the one on Wednesday. The one on um, the one the week before. She broke. She like went down when she was in S when they were at SMU. I think mm-hmm. she went down and uh, I think she twisted her ankle or sprained it. One of the two. Um, so losing her, Maddie Biddle will be a junior next year. Um, KKR Rachel will be a junior next year. So will Ella, um, Eileen, I'm not going to say her last name. Rafkel's daughter. Thank you. Nailed it. Wow. Thank you. I've even asked Ella how to say it, and she hasn't explained it to me correctly. <laughs> wow. She's okay. from Iceland, yeah. Yes. So I've been to Iceland, and right. I've been like, tell me how to say your last name. She's like, no. <laughs> she, she's like tried, and I've never gotten close. Um Rebecca Lasky and Morgan Brady will be seniors next semester. Um, Maddie Wash, she's redshirted this um, season because she transferred in. So she'll be a senior next semester, but I'm not sure if she'll be leaving. So she might have another season in her. Who knows? The thing, um, the thing I'm noticing is we have a lot of juniors and sophomores, and which then, gives me a lot of hope for next season, honestly, yeah. for them. So Desiree is a will be a junior next year, and Emma, it's not Durr. How do you say it? Durr. It, okay, somebody else <laughs> told me it wasn't Durr. Got it. Interesting. Durr. Emma Durr will be um, a sophomore next year. So they're really they're losing three. They're losing Lex, Maddie, no, Lex, Addie, and Kendrian. Um, I am worried because last year they lost, well, this year they lost Crystal Polk, um, Jasmine, can't remember her last name, and uh, Ty J. Scales, which were their three like forward and post players. And so now all they have is Kendry and Addison. So I don't know what's, where, the, where, where that's going. Because Desiree does not like being a, a post. Um, even though she has to be. Even though she has to be. She, yeah. does not, she doesn't like doing it. I remember that from working for the team last year. Um, Emma, I haven't really seen her play enough. And then Ella's love her death, but she's just too soft. <laughs> she doesn't know how to bring it. She's learning. but Isn't she yes. a freshman, though? She's a sophomore. Sophomore? Okay. She's still got two years. She'll get it. Yeah, as if she cares. <laughs> she oh, has to, you I got gotcha. you. You have to put forth so, the effort. So that could be the main, like, if we wanted to get into the analytical side of this, it's the analysis. It's maybe just they're just beat so far this season. Is um, yeah. Morality's low. Are, is there anything else we can factor into that they could just somehow get some wins to end the season? Usually I just attribute it to coaching. Um, and when I've talked to them, they've said it's coaching also. They don't understand. Sometimes the, um, the starters Mossman will pick – they sometimes don't play together in practice until walkthrough, which will be the day before slash the day of the game. So that's like the only time to like get that chemistry going. Um, Lex is out, and usually when Lex is out, the team kind of suffers like a morale and dro- a drop in morale. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that last year when she got hurt last year as well. That's rough. Um, well, and she's a point guard, so yeah. you know the leader of your your team many times is a point guard. And when Lex went out with that injury, is really a a disappointing thing. And then you have to adjust and you have to adapt. I will say this this about the the league season for the ladies: losing two overtime games to start the league season right. uh, was mm-hmm. tough. If you know, you just think about it, what might have been if you were able to win those two games? Mm-hmm. One was at Tulane, yep. a team that's gone seven and two, seven and three in the league, and has been one of the surprises in the league. And yep. uh, forget what the other what the other overtime loss was. But to, to start the season zero and two with a couple of heartbreaking losses was kind of tough. Who knows what would have happened had they won those? It was Tulane and Temple. They were yeah. back to back. Right, mm-hmm. right. It was Temple was first, right. sixty-five, seventy-four. Well, home game, and yeah. And then um, the next one was Tulane, sixty-four, sixty-two. The best thing you can hope for now is just win your home games and just they, try try to get on a good note and end it for your seniors, but also just prepare for next season. Three prepare home for the games, season. Three home games left, and that's SMU next Saturday, um, two sun two Sundays from now, Wichita State, and then the first Monday in March, which will be against Houston. And that's what they have left. Yeah. Um, the next one is uh, February twelfth. Yeah. Uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. They have a shot. Uh, when was the last time they faced Cincinnati? They lace Cincinnati. They at? actually have not faced Cincinnati not yet. This, um, well, last time was February 20th last year. Yeah, so they, uh, they I mean, completely new team, new faces. Uh, nothing to go at, off of, but also, I mean, they're at same, a tie. Vice versa. So they've 
won five games, lost five games against Cincinnati. So they're at a tie. So this is the tiebreaker, whether they win or lose. Um, I sound like I'm over it. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I have faith in them. I constantly have faith in them. Um, one person that I mention every single week that I really want to know why she's on the bench more than she's not on the court, Kayla Mutri. Whenever she's in, we seem to be doing we seem to be doing pretty well, or we come back when she's in. Um, she's a morale that booster. And KK, KK Rodriguez, she's pulling through. I remember working last year, I thought Maddie Biddle was going to be in the kind of position that KK's kind of being in. Um, so, But Maddie still has potential as well. So we can only go up from here next season, and I'm hoping my hardest and darndest that they will be going up from here. Um, but that's all I can say for basketball. All right. So let's now segue into the final portion of the TU Sports. Uh, maybe the final portion of the podcast, since we're going so long. Um, softball. Softball began today, right when we're airing. Yeah. They this did. morning. And right and now they're on a two-game winning streak. ladies are <laughs> awesome. Like, okay, before in their in their uh, off-season, you know, you have your normal practice schedule. It's not as hard as your main season or the right-before preseason schedule. But the engine room, boxing room, just right down 6th Street, there's like nine of them in there, including two of their coaches. They're boxers. Like, there's some tough ladies, and now they're showing it because uh, Bruce Howard made a phone call right before the podcast and yes. got the breaking news on the wins. Can you go ahead and give us the scores and updates on that one? Well, they're in the Mercer Tournament in Georgia, and, of course, when you're a little bit north and the weather is cold, you go down south, and that's what a lot of the, the, the colder weather uh, schools do. You go you go south and try to play some games. So they're playing five games this weekend, and they've won two today. They beat Tennessee Tech 10-2. to and they beat uh, Eastern Kentucky 5-2. to two. And uh, Shanice Dels, uh, yes! who is just awesome. She's a terrific <laughs> pitcher. But she hit a home run in each of those games. So oh, she can hit, really? too. So she's, she's a really good hitter. She will hit. She'll be in the lineup as a hitter when she's not pitching. Yeah. But when Dang. she's pitching, she does both. And uh, yeah. she got the win in the second uh, game. And Cassidy Scott was the winning pitcher in the first game. But Shanice hit a home run in each game. Sarah Breyers hit a home run. Aubrey Sheeney hit a home run. Um, so uh, it's a good start, certainly, for Chrissy Strimple's team. Chrissy, in her first year, took over for John Barfeld. Yep. And, uh, you know, you, you, when you have a coaching change, you like to have some continuity. Yeah. And that is as good as Tulsa could have done yeah. continuity-wise with, with uh, Jessica and then, of course, Chrissy yeah. as the head coach. For those who don't know, softball is our sport. It's Outside of men's basketball, softball is our sport. We do pretty darn well at it. Um, their season last year, they went 37 and 20 um, with a, like, I guess a one week losing streak because it says L1. So I'm assuming whatever. Then it says they went 13 and 5 at home. Do you want me to tell you what that means? Yes, please. The L1 means they've lost one in a row. Cool. So yeah, one, one losing streak. Just so next one time that you... Yeah, no, I, was, I assumed <laughs> what that meant, so I'm not... I wasn't too far which off. Which means they lost their last game, which was at Oklahoma State yeah. in the regionals last year, which, yeah. you know, was a... A bummer. Yeah, it was a bummer. But, but they got to the final. I mean, yeah, exactly. they got to the finals of the yes. regional, which they've done, I think, five or six times, yeah. and they still haven't they, won yes. one of those regionals. These ladies Hopefully, are... Hopefully it'll be some of the, one of these yeah. days. And they have enough rings yeah. to pay for my next house. But... Uh, <laughs> but I don't think. Yeah, there was. They were sixteen and five in the conference, mm-hmm. thirteen and five at home, ten and ten away, and fourteen and five neutral. So they know how to hit some balls and throw and throw some balls. Ball talk. Ball. Uh, so, Ball talk. so the only sad thing about this is we have to wait till February twenty eighth to watch them because this year I really want to go see them. I heard of their success last year, and you know, tragically, we don't have a baseball team, but we have a softball team. That's what do you mean tragically? Do not get me started on not having a baseball we, team, we, we, please. <laughs> What's up? Okay, as the only girl on this podcast, please stop. Let it. Let us have something. Okay. Thank you. I got you. Thank you. I mean, I told you. That's Scholarships. It's our title nine. Leave it alone. Thank you. That's so, what I'm saying. If we want to see a ball talk, I mean, ball. If we want to go see a ball game, <laughs> we go see the ladies, and that's exactly yes. what I want to do this year. It's like I, I haven't got to see one of their games yet. Last year as a freshman, so I want to see one this year. I am very much looking forward to going to any and every game that I can. Uh, because I've heard excellent things about the the Tulsa softball team, and I genuinely enjoy watching softball, so I'm very excited to go and watch softball. Yeah, I totally agree. What do you, uh, Mr. Bruce, whether there's a tournament? They're in, the they're TOU in, OSU, they're yeah. They're in tournaments for like the next like three weeks. Well, there, there's a tournament February 28th and uh, 20, uh, the weekend of February 28th. They're in the Mercer Invitational, home. which ends on the 9th. Then 
on the 14th, they go to Bulldog Kickoff Classic. Then on the 21st, they are in the Baylor Invitational. Then on the 28th, they are in the TUOSU tournament. They are busy this month. Yeah. They are very busy this month. But the cool thing is when they're back at TU, they're facing some big teams. we got Oregon, then Drake, then Illinois, Chicago, and then uh, Louisville. Louisville. That's that's some big teams, and I, I'm excited just to go watch them. I really think they'll definitely snag some wins at home, especially if we're catching on to attention of it. I'm sure there's several other students with the exact same mind frame that, hey, let's go see a ball game for the ladies. Yeah. Uh, it, it's good, good talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, I mean there's, there's really there's really nothing to add to that. I've said all that I'm going to say. Like, I'm going to go see it, and Devin's absolutely right. I mean, like, if we keep talking about it, then they'll get more people to show up, and then it'll just be a, a better time. You guys can scroll that uh, schedule, but I think OU comes into town this year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, later on uh, in a non-league game. OS, OSU, OSU comes to town. OSU is in March. Um, um, OU does come to town yeah. April 7th. Yeah. They so, play uh, and then KU on the 13th of March. Yeah, that'll be a good game because OU's always been OU's, good at softball. Uh, OU's so I'm April 7th. To see that. They beat OU, what was it, last year, year before last? And that was one that I watched when I was at my house because my sister goes to Bama, as y'all are tired of me saying. Um, and she was rooting for Bama, and I was like, okay, they're going to do whatever they do. And then Bama, like, lost. Um, and I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> and then our team won. Not in the same division. Same division, not in the same bracket conference. or whatever. Um, so I was like, yes, so, yes, conference. That's what it is. There you go. Um, and I was like, this is great. I'm in love. Ha, ha, ha. My team got a ring. Your team didn't. And uh, <laughs> she is <laughs> still mad about it. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited for the season. Um, do is it too early to make some season predictions yes, for conference? Yes, stop. It is is we're it? Not, is we're it? Not, we're not making predictions, Devin. You're not making bald <laughs> predictions. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You, speaking of um, predictions, this is a this is a great segue into whatever we're talking about because all of our predictions were correct um, for the Super Bowl. So we're moving into the Super Bowl now. Oh, um, ooh, okay. because not Seamless only did um, n- not only did Jenna, hope and pray that the 49ers would lose. Um, They did. Um, And not only did Harry say, I'm not a 49ers fan, so I kind of want Kansas City to win, but they did. And Devin just sat here and pretended like he wanted Kansas City to win, even though he's not a Kansas City fan. He's wearing his (laughs) Detroit Lions jersey today. With my oh-so-chic Honolulu blue right now. (laughs) Yeah, so whatever. And we all predicted slash hoped that Kansas City would win, and they did. I am still upset and offended every time I see them throw up the oh, the, the tomahawk yeah, thing. That's, uh, don't like it. Still. Understandable. Oh, no, you understand this? Is okay. Yes. I thought this was about to go <laughs> no, south. No, I was like, um, my native heritage is like, mm, don't like it, but I guess so if, much. If it, means, if it means the 49ers lose in the Super Bowl. Yes. Actually, no, time. but This yes. one time. What did what, what, you think, Mr. Bruce? Did you have a dog in this fight in the Super Bowl, and what were your thoughts on it? I did not. I have many friends that are Kansas City fans, as you might expect being in, in this area, and a couple of uh, friends that are that are San Francisco fans as well. I wanted Kansas City to win only because they haven't won since 1970. Exactly. So it had been a while. They won Super Bowl number four. They were in Super Bowl number one, and then in Super Bowl number four. I hadn't been in the Super Bowl since. So uh, that's why I was rooting mostly for Kansas City, because of the friends and because you know, I, you know, San Francisco's won five of them, and they've won five of them largely since the '80s. And uh, I'm a Browns fan, so um, and and controversial you can, statement. Uh, you know, and it's <laughs> been a hard, long slog for Browns fans, just as it has been we for Lions. We got Lions you. fans. The Browns and the Lions are two of a very small handful of teams that have never been to the Super Bowl. We've had a although, championship, not although, the Super Bowl. Though. Although championships <laughs> yeah. have been won on both sides. Uh, you know, the, the, the Lions won the title in 52, 53, and 57. The Browns won several titles in the 50s and won in the 60s. We but the that was long before the Super Bowl. So yeah, it, it, A lot of people think, you know, and a lot of young people, and I appreciate you knowing your history a little bit, but a lot of people thinks, think that there were never any championships before the Super oh, Bowl. No. There, there was, <laughs> you know, there was no. a ton of them from 1930, whatever, on, from 33 on. Basically, so, until yeah. the creation of yeah. the right. Super Bowl. And right. there were several teams that we have today that actually um, – were like almost in like a minor league football. Like Detroit was one of them. I'm not sure if Cleveland was, but they were admitted into the NFL because they were just so good. They won championships, and then Bobby Lane cursed us, and it's gone mm-hmm. down. <laughs> well, uh, Cleveland was in the All American Conference from 1946 to 1949. Mm-hmm. Four years, won the won the league uh, every year. 
Then they went into the NFL in, in, in astonishing fashion. In their first year in the NFL, they won it. So, I mean, it's kind of 1950. So, uh, and then they started battling your team, the Lions, almost every year for a title. Uh, and Bobby Lane's team won it a couple of times. So. And then we, like, traded him. Like, mm-hmm. Lions have always had ownership issues. We'll get to that some other day. A couple of really um, – Horrible franchises right now, or, or snake bitten franchises. I don't know. I don't know how you describe it, uh, but uh, two franchises that are just thirsting for uh, winners and they just haven't. The bad thing is uh, the jersey I'm wearing is one of my favorite players, Calvin Johnson, was supposed to be mm-hmm. into the Hall of Fame soon. He he talks bad about the Lions. He's like the ownership there is terrible. Yeah. He's just like that's it's, what I've heard. And he, he's used uh, the same scenarios. He's like, I went to Miami and worked out. He's like, Miami doesn't win as many games. He's like, but they run it better. He's like, and they have more championships. He's like, they just run it better there. If you would like, we can have Dr. Boucher come back because he worked for the Miami Dolphins. There you go. So there he can go. attest. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the Super Bowl, I thought, because, like, since we haven't ha- I haven't had a championship so long, I felt for Kansas City. It's like the 49ers, you had your stuff. You had Jerry Rice. You had Joe Montana. You, you had your championships. Let Kansas City get their one. Just like, and I love the way they did it, too. It was their comeback win. It was perfect. In my opinion, I, I think it's deserved. Great game, really good Super Bowl game. As Calabasas native um, Kim Kardashian would say, it's what they deserve. I feel they deserved that loss. They deserved that loss. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs consistently had the same trope throughout the entire playoffs, where they'd be down by a, quite a bit marginally compared to the team they were playing, and then they'd touchdowns. and then they'd come back and just destroy them. Yes. Uh, I was watching. I watched part of the game in the hut, and the staff was talking about the game, and there just and there was one person in the staff. They're like, "Oh, the game's over." Um, far before was, um, Kansas City had come back for that first touchdown that put them back in the game, um, and I was like, "But you have so much time left." Uh, yeah, and I was they, like the game. I was also they, at the hut. Then they got the touchdown, and I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." And then they got the turnover. And I was like, oh, look at that. Like, I got another touchdown. And then they did. And I was like, hmm. And he was like, well, he's like, they still could lose. I was like, they're right, because there's still so much time on the clock. But they're not going to. <laughs> um, yes. He was sad. I was enjoyed. It was a enthralled. A really good Super Bowl. But I like what uh, Detroit's head coach said. He said, he's like, I was right. At the end of the season, there's only one team happy, because now the 49ers are upset. They didn't win. Um, they got their conference title, but now they have – terrible draft spots and they didn't get the Super Bowl whereas you have someone like Washington who has three really good picks at the top they're like second I think and then Detroit has two first round picks and just like see now we're ready for the draft and San Francisco like dang (laughs) don't know what to tell you I mean you know, well, I like I like San Francisco a lot. I mean, I oh, like yeah. their defense. And if the only thing, and when you talk about the comeback, the only thing that stopped happening for them defensively is they they they. I don't know if their defensive line, whether Kansas City made adjustments or the defensive line got tired, they stopped putting a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they, were, I, they were still getting after him a little bit, but mm-hmm. boy, by the end of the game, he had time to look and throw the, the they ball. They really the field, let up so. coverage on Tyreek Hill. They yep. started crashing in their strong safety, and that left him open deep routes up the sideline. Every, he hit it there at the end. He hit him straight down for that 40-yard uh, pass. Um, kind of opened the game up for it, them. It really did. Yeah. That, um, and, yeah, I, don't, I like 49ers, too. I really like Shanahan. I was, yeah. I've always been a big fan of the Big 12 growing up, and I was like, Shanahan was a Big 12 coach. Like it. I was like, I would like him to get one, so I won't be upset if they win. But, you know, I was you know, more in favor of Kansas City, as we established. But I think the San Francisco 49ers will come back just as strong ne- uh, next year. They have a young team. They're really good. Jimmy G is outstanding. He's a great um, he's a great model quarterback. He uses the team well, I think. I, uh, I really hope that, that they don't because I'm a Rams fan. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I understand. I, but, but, in, but in my heart of hearts, I know that the 49ers are absolutely going to come back and they're going to be uh, they'll, they'll just be as contender. strong. They'll be a contender once again. Hopefully, the Rams oh actually show up and play some football. What? But did, I mean, okay. So you, all, everybody here, watched the Super Bowl, I assume. No, you didn't watch Super Bowl. I you only, said you were in the hut. I only watched it because I went in there to get dinner. Did you see the Tom Brady commercial? No. Which one? D- the Tom Brady commercial? No. For Hulu, how he basically said he wasn't retiring. Yes, we. He did. started out all dramatic. He's like, "I have an um, announcement for all my friends, oh, my family, yeah. my teammates." I heard about the commercial. He's like, "Hulu is now selling everything." I'm like, "What?" And he said, "I'm not going anywhere." And he says. Uh, on his Twitter post, uh, he's like said something about 
the Super Bowl coming home with him next year. I'm oh like, that's bold. Retire. That's hilarious. That's Re- a very funny joke. Tire. Uh, what do you? Your knees oh, are right getting there. bad. I pulled, I pulled it up and Tom your Brady shoulders are gonna give out. Yeah, that's what I have important in my life. Oh my God! His, I'm so tired of him being in the league. His arms are gonna really? fall off. Oh, what do you what do you think of Tom Brady and the Patriots, Mr. Bruce? Are you a fan or a hater? I used as a kid. I used to be a fan when they were the Boston Patriots. Believe it or not, back mm-hmm. in the old AFL days. But but not most recently being a Browns fan. Oh my God. I'm in the they're in the AFC, so you have to root for your team. So you Fair you enough. know. But I I I I don't have anything against uh, the Patriots and. And, and Tom Brady, you know, obviously Bill Belichick was the former coach of the Browns. That's mm-hmm. where he started. He started there. And he had a year or two that were pretty good. And then he got, at the then Jets, he got, then after that, right? He got fired, and then he, uh, he, he, uh, uh, he was kind of the Jets coach for a little while, and then, like, before he even coached a game, he went back to New England as yeah. the head coach. I can't remember exactly how that all worked, but, yeah. Um, not, a, not a huge fan of the Patriots, but I respect what they've done. I don't respect the cheating they've done. But but I, I you, you, I'm sorry. You, you you yeah. Your your eyes lit up. For That's a whole was that? new case. Y'all got really concerned when I like got super excited. I growing wonder up, why. No, growing up, my I talked about this all the time. I my brother is like a, ten years older than me, something like that. I'm yeah. He's born like eighty eight, something like that. But he had like a bunch of posters and things growing up of like old basketball, old football. Right. So when he said the Baltimore Patriots, Boston. I, Boston, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry. I'm like, my brain is moving faster than my mouth is moving. <laughs> but like, when he said that, I was like, why does that sound familiar? And then I like, my brain went back to like my childhood room with that poster. Uh. Like, because it has all of the old um, leagues and where all the teams mm-hmm. used to be um, on it. And so I just got really excited because it was like, ah, oh, yes, memories. Um, <laughs> but yes, no. Y'all are excited for y'all's teams. Y'all hope y'all's teams do well. Yada, just yada, yada. Don't pick up another tight end um, in the draft Detroit. I just would very much enjoy <laughs> if, um, unlike this year, the Packers could like finish and go back to the Super Bowl for once. But, you know. Um, you know, we could maybe meet in the conference championship, and I'd be so happy. Please, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> what happened? Because <laughs> we would demolish you. And that's really yes. That w- the 49ers certainly thought this something. Is getting, to me. This is getting aggressive. It will be if this, if he keeps it up. So uh, honestly, I was cheering for the Packers against the 49ers. We all I honestly, were. Yeah, everyone we was cheering all for the Packers. Were. Everybody collectively hate. <clears throat> you know what? I'm gonna stop because everyone was cheering for they, the Packers. I thought they deserved it, and they did. You know, you after, know what? after when the 49ers won the way they did, I was like, I'm honestly scared for Kansas City. I I was like, they just. Did beat the crap out of them. Oh, <laughs> you know. It wasn't obliterated, but it was mm. scary. I met <laughs> someone for the initially. first time who said they didn't like Aaron Rodgers, and I didn't know what to do. I have never met someone who like he's the offspring of the gunslinger who did man. not like Aaron Rodgers. That wasn't like our direct rivals. I was like, this help, help it make sense. Either way, we got the draft to look forward to now. And uh, then the next season, hopefully, hopefully it'll be better. Probably not for me, but you know, I hope you guys' seasons go well. Um, the first step is acceptance. The second I, we, step hey, is denial. My whole family's been Detroit fans. We we know until um, ownership changes. For some reason, I mean, we have good stuff going on. It's just we have so much talent that we don't know what to do with it. So much injuries. We just now had a nutrition team. We hired a nutrition a and nutri- like a nutritionist. Like yeah, a nutrition team now. Uh, we've never had a dot like. A nutrition team or oh. injury prevention team okay. that explains a quite a bit that our quarterback got a back injury <laughs> and that our running back was hurt our starting tight end was hurt two of our receivers were hurt you i'm seeing why he said that the coaching there and the ownership is awful well apparently there's like i didn't know we didn't have a nutrition team <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if they still used leather helmets these are pro <laughs> athletes and they weren't taking care of it they're just like oh you broke his back and the balls are actually made of actual pigskin that's my one joke that landed and I'm, no more jokes from me are going to land today oh <laughs> uh, it's oh it's goodness. so sad but you know that's i have hope hilarious. after it looks like matt p's doing some differences uh, I'm really questioning the defensive coordinator choice, but whatever. The old one's fired. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? I think now it is time for us to... I think we should call it before Devin just... Like, yeah, spiral yeah, into but madness. Our last announcement is XFL starts tomorrow. Next week, we'll talk more about that since we get into, didn't get to today. Uh, tomorrow, the Dallas and St. Louis play. 
Uh, but anyways, thank you so much, Mr. Bruce Howard, for being with us today. If uh, you no want to go ahead and plug where we can hear more of you out real quick for any of our listeners, go ahead and do that. Oh, you're talking about our podcast, the, yeah. the other one. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, Eye of the Hurricane podcast. You can get it on the website. You just uh, search under uh, connect or uh, two or three different ways you can get there. So, And what we do mostly with that is the, the we replay the Frank Haith radio show, which is mm-hmm. on Monday night for an hour. And uh, when the team wins, we do what we call a post-game remix of our radio post-game show, which means highlights and uh, interview with Frank and interview with the key player. And that and we kind of edit that down and, and, uh, and put that up uh, as well. So it's Eye of the Hurricane podcast off of our off of our website, and you guys know all about the podcasting thing, Spotify, Absolutely. and all those other places. I know you can, you can hear on TuneIn yeah. as well. TuneIn. Yeah. 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 TuneIn's so. a really good one that I listened to when I didn't have TV for like a good six months period in my new house. And I remember hearing your voice. I'm like, oh, look. There you go. It's Mr. Bruce. All right. So thank, thank you so much. Oh, once thank again. you. Oh, and don't forget, Kier Scarrett of the Hurricane is on that Los Angeles team. In the XFL, oh, your wow. your favorite team. It was at Los really? Angeles. Well, Los Angeles, what? What are they called? Wildcats. The Los Angeles Wildcats. Okay, Kieras is on. Kieras was drafted. XFL. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Hey, There's Kiaris. two or three players that have been drafted, and, and Kieras is the one that comes to mind. I think even Lucas has latched on with the team. Maybe didn't get drafted, but signed with the team. So See, know, now look, we got to keep up with them. Look for those Tulsa well, players. Well, yeah. now, well, they were they were only my favorite by proximity, but now I actually have a reason. You have a to good reason. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, there we yeah. go. All right. So watch the XFL. Keep up on. Hopefully, maybe we'll get some more TU players to the NFL and the XFL as well. Um, like the XFL seems like they're accepting a lot, so I'm happy about it. So, anyways, this has been Ball Talk. Thank you, Bruce. This has been Devin on Ball Talk. And Thank you. And Ball Talk. I made that so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to try this again. Let's this time I'm time. going to target off. Go ahead. My bad. So that is it. We will see you later on. Ball Talk. Ball Talk. Ball Talk. Ball Talk.